you are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And welcome in and welcome back to the Braves postcast part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani. And the Atlanta Braves continue doing what they have done better than any other team in Major League Baseball. And that is just win. And that's exactly what they did to the San Francisco Giants on Saturday night at Truist Park. It was a big day, a big night, I should say, for Eddie Rosario. Four hits, including a go-ahead home run as he continues to heat up at a crucial time for the Braves as they look to polish off the National League East, of course, and uh, make their claim towards that number one spot that uh, they want for home field advantage throughout the course of the playoffs. But it all takes one win at a time to build that and to make that a reality. And the Braves with a 6-5 win in comeback fashion over the Giants took one more step toward that goal. We got a lot to get into here on the show. As always, want to make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell. You'll get the notifications whenever we drop a new episode. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment. We appreciate that. And subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, this was one of those nights where we felt like the Braves offense was going to have to do a little bit of the heavy lifting, but fortunately, they were up to the task yet again. And they typically are. I mean, what a game this was. The Super Rosario game, as we're going to get uh, into. I mean, he did a little bit of everything in this as well. Made a sliding catch. So, uh-huh. I mean, he uh, wrote a big game it was for him. It really was. And as we've talked about time in and time out on this show, it's not just one guy that teams have to contend with when you deal with the Braves lineup. It's not just one guy that's kind of, uh, you know, steering the fortunes of this club. It's a very well-constructed club, a very dangerous lineup, and you're finding out why here lately as the Braves have heated up on beating on this homestand and continue to find ways to win in different ways on different nights with different guys right in the middle of everything, it feels like, and Saturday's game was no exception. Let's talk about a game number 122 of the year. We've only got 40 of these things left. Braves with a 6-5 comeback victory are now 80-42. First team in Major League Baseball to the 80-win plateau. Six runs, 11 hits, no errors, four men left on base. Giants, they had to lead until they didn't. They're now 64-59. and Five runs, 11 hits, no errors, and five men left aboard. Kirby Yates picks up another win in relief. He is now 7-0. Tyler Rogers takes the loss. He's 4-5. He gave up the home run to Rosario, the go-ahead blast. After what was a great seventh, things did not go as well for him in the eighth. Bryce Iglesias, 24th save. Two hours, 25 minutes of time a game. 42,744 were on hand to see it. Alumni weekend. Braves Hall of Fame inductees happening before the game. Rico Cardi among them. And, of course, a whole bunch of Braves alumni were on hand to see this as Atlanta was able to have, I felt like, Jake, one of these vintage offensive performances to offset something on the mound that we'll get to in a moment. But, you know, just to kind of go back and underscore this again, this Braves offense, I mean – Ron Lacuna Jr., he did his thing tonight with a solo home run that helped tie this game up. You can find his name in the box score as somebody who's always going to be helping the Braves win. But when we were going through the trade deadline and trying to identify ways that the Braves could get better, Marcelo Zuna and Eddie Rosario were both mired in the midst of, of slumps, bad second halves, whatever you want to call it. They were down for a while. But over the last couple of weeks, both of these guys have stepped up big. And it wasn't just Rosario, but it was Ozuna on this night as well. It was three hits from Ozuna, four from Rosario. And honestly, I feel like for the past week, these two guys have really been on it and kind of carried this offense at times and, and been, a, a you know, get, given the big lift there for this team and what they've done in the middle of the order, batting fifth and sixth in the lineup. We know what they can do when they're hot. Yes, they're going to have their cold spells, but 
like I said at the top, I mean, Super Rosario seems like he is back in action with what he is doing. I mean, the home run he had in a moment like that, I mean, that felt like a postseason moment for Eddie Rosario there. So when these guys are going, Rosario hasn't met a pitch that he didn't like. Mm -hmm. It's all just if he's in that groove and the timing is down and he's racking up those hits, you know what he can do, and it's so special to see. But this offense, like you said, just top to bottom, yeah, those were the two big guys. But, I mean, just about everybody else played a role in this as well. And that's just, again, we talk about it every night. It goes and speaks to the depth of this lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's guys who get on base whatever way they can, whether it's a walk or a hit. You know, clutch hits to come with two outs. There's been quite a few of those over the course of the season. Of course, the most recent Braves winning streak, and they continue to find ways to do it. Eddie Rosario went four for four, had a double, got the Braves on the board early on in the game, uh, hit the home run, of course, three runs knocked in, couple of runs scored for him, and Marcelo Zuna, three out of four now with a run scored. He was pinch run four when he got on base right before Rosario hit the go-ahead home run. Uh, Luke Williams came in to run for him, so he didn't get that second run scored. But it was Marcelo Zuna, again, who was trying to get a rally started for the Braves. And in fact, he did uh, three for four, a 16 game hitting streak now ties a career high, Jake. You know, this has been a very strange ride for Marcelo Zuna in a Braves uniform. 2023 may have been a microcosm of the good and the bad and everything in between in terms of the on-field performance for him early on. It looked like more of the same from the last couple of years here since uh, May 1st and particularly again here since what, August the 1st. He's looked like the Ozuna the Braves had back in 2020. Big hits, good plate appearances, great plate discipline, using all fields, and you know he can hit the ball hard, but Marcel looks like he has gotten awfully comfortable, and the Braves are very happy to see that. He does. One thing you can tell there is when he's laying off that stuff down and away and he's forcing pitchers to come in on him, he is one of the best at pulling his hands inside the baseball. He did it on a pitch tonight. I don't know how he does it, but he's able to get the barrel in and drive those pitches to left field. It's just truly incredible, and that's just kind of how locked in he is right now. But you mentioned other than April and then a bit of a slow st uh, start in July as well, really didn't pick up till the end there. I mean, this has been the 2020 version of Ozuna that the Braves thought that they were signing up for. So took a little while to get here. Hopefully it's here to stay for at least for the remainder of this contract that the Braves have. And it's been a welcome sight because what a presence he is now an OPS over 800 on the season. Three hard hit balls tonight. I mean, he is a force in the middle of this lineup. Yeah, I mean, the Braves needed that most certainly because he, they're on the hook to pay him and they would like him to be a contributor. But you know, more so than that. I mean, when he is right, what he can do and what he showed you, especially with the style of at-bats that he's having, the quality of those plate appearances, and again, as you mentioned, just the ability to, you know, do things and hit the ball hard when you don't feel like he should be able to get to a pitch, somehow he manages to put a barrel on it. That's always good to see. Speaking of putting a barrel on the ball, Ron Lacuna Jr. does that better than just about anybody, and he did it on this night with home run number 28 of the season. It tied things up in the fifth inning. Puts Ronald on pace for 37 home runs on the year. He's still on pace for well over 70 stolen bases as well, if you're keeping track of that. Two home runs away from not just the 30-30 club, but the 30-50 club. I mean, Ronald is just a, a special player in the midst of a special season. The Braves offense can certainly do things beyond just Ronald Acuna Jr., but I know a lot of people have kind of said, all right, well, if he's an MVP candidate, he needs to come up with some big moments. Jake, I would say game-tying home runs, regardless of what inning it is, would qualify as big moments, no? Yeah, I mean, who's to say what's a big moment in a baseball game? For a lot of times, the first inning is a big moment, and you know how well he does in that and getting the Braves on the board. But hey, what a huge home run it was there. Obviously not to tie the game, but if I'm Logan Webb, and even Alex Cobb to a degree the night before, they're making really good pitches to these Braves hitters. Mm -hmm. These Braves hitters are just extremely good. I mean, that pitch is dotted low and away, and Acuna just so strong 
is able to take that out the other way with ease and put it into the chop house over there. I mean, it's really just, I think, a credit to this lineup. I mean, I thought Logan Webb pitched really good tonight, had really good stuff. This is a, a Cy Young contender. And the Braves just continue to put good swings on the baseball. Ronald Cunha Jr. included with that home run. So, again, this lineup, again, top to bottom. But what Ronald's doing and the power speed, I mean, we've said it all season. He's you know on pace for a historic type of year. Yeah, he really is. And that's how you get into that MVP conversation very quickly, very easily, is when you're on a historic pace. And he's most certainly on that. Travis Darno was one for four in this game. A double a run knocked in for him as well. Uh, as Jake mentioned, a lot of different guys in the lineup helping to you know keep that line moving, get those rallies started, and keep it going. So good to see those things on this night because you knew you were going to have to score some runs. We're going to talk a little bit about you know why the run scoring was so important. Most certainly because you know when you look at what was going on with this starting rotation and on this particular night, you feel like you got four spots locked down. But the Braves have turned to Yanni Chirinos and. I don't know what it is about this particular, you know, matchup choice and what it may be in terms of just trying to get some innings out of somebody. But Yanni Chirinos has had some challenges here in the Braves rotation. Strangely enough, he has made five starts. The Braves have won four of them, but four innings, four earned runs, seven hits, including a home run on the first pitch of the game. It felt like it might kind of be one of those nights where it was going to be up to the Braves offense because Chirinos, he's just struggled keeping the opposing hitters off the board. Yeah, and a Giants lineup that's really been struggling lately and uh, Braves pitching staff that had put up a lot of zeros and right out of the gate, first pitch of the game, uh, that goes away with a leadoff home run. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm as confused as a lot of people out there is why they keep going to Torinos. And I know the Braves development staff is great, and I'm sure they saw something in there that maybe they could figure out. And I think there's a role, and I said this from the beginning, that maybe a longer lever type role is, you know, where he ultimately ends up. But he just you know, can't get through a lineup two or three times successfully. He hasn't been able to get an out in the sixth inning. He's given up at least three or more in all of his starts, and typically it's more. So, again, I don't know. I don't necessarily know what the Braves see. They obviously have better eyes than I do, but it's been a rough go of things here for Torinos. But luckily the offense was able to bell him out and has in many of these games, as you mentioned. They, they keep winning a lot of his starts. Yeah, and I mentioned this on social media as well. I mean, it's not often that you see a pitcher go out there, throw four innings, give up four earned runs, and see his earned run average go down with his team. Uh, but Yanni Torinos did that somehow from 933 down to 927. And that kind of underscores what Jake said, runs in bunches against Torinos. Again, not saying that there's not some kind of role for him. Maybe it's a multi-inning type of role that would be better suited for him. But this starting rotation thing, if we're calling it whatever it is, the Yanni Torinos experiment, has led to some mixed results while he's on the mound. You can't argue with the final result of the Braves winning four out of five, but you definitely put your offense and, and your team a little bit behind the eight ball when you're not able to limit the runs and limit the damage, and he's had difficulty doing that most certainly. A group that did not have as much difficulty and really stepped up yet again as they have seemingly for the entirety of the month of August and really in the second half is the Braves' bullpen. Brad Hand, Pierce Johnson, A.J. Minter, Kirby Yates, and Rysel Iglesias combined for five innings of one-run ball, four hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Each of these guys playing an important role, and each of these guys has been big here in the month of August. And when you do have this kind of bullpen, you did have the luxury of being, you know, coming off of that off day on Thursday. The Braves were trying to manage that workload as they wound up that road trip, you know, the uh, 13 games in four, or excuse me, 14 games in 13 days, kind of the homestand opener against the Yankees in that three-game series. And, Jake, you know, finally it seems like they're getting back to the place they want to. Bullpen had to go out and throw five innings, but you hope with Max Fried going tomorrow, which we'll get to a little bit later, 
maybe this was the night where you could afford to empty out the bullpen and use five guys to really close this thing out. And I think that's the big key there where the Raves rotation was struggling and they were losing some of those games because they were having to go to the bullpen a lot. And there were those close games like this, or maybe they were in losing and you went to some of your guys at the bottom of the bullpen and they kind of let it get out of hand a little bit or let them extend the lead. Uh, big credit to Snicker here. You got your bullpen rested. They were down and you still go to Pierce Johnson and, and AJ Minter there to hold that score right where it was and allow this offense to come back and do so. Kirby Yates has been really good lately. I know he walked a batter in this one and that's kind of been something he struggled with more so earlier in the season, but I think he's been really good as of late in the Iglesias. I mean, he has just been outstanding in the ninth inning, looking more like the second half of Iglesias we saw last year. So yeah, we've talked about it on here several times now, this bullpen, it gets a little bit overlooked, but they have just been dominant, especially since the trade deadline. Yeah, they have done work. There's just no other way to put it. Maybe they'll get a little bit stronger when they can get Dylan Lee back in that group. But those, you know, overall, these guys, including the newcomers in particular, Brad Hand and certainly Pierce Johnson, have been exactly what the Braves needed to help supplement that bullpen, get a healthy AJ Minter, and get Rysel Iglesias on track. And as you mentioned, all of those things have kind of come together. And very quietly, Kirby Yates threw some ups and downs maybe in the first half has also become a pretty you know, important and pivotal reliever for the Braves. And you know he had the pedigree to do this kind of thing, but good to see that in addition to Joe Jimenez, obviously pitching well over the past couple of months. So some things are coming together out in that bullpen, but you don't want to be having that door open in the third inning, night after night after night. So, And actually credit, I would say, to Spencer Strider in game one of the series for being able to toss seven innings. That helps out the bullpen the following day. And again, we've got Max Fried in the offing for the Sunday finale as the Braves will go for a sweep. Atlanta now 5-0 and on this homestand, 80-42 and on the year. As I mentioned earlier, they were the first club in Major League Baseball to 70 wins. They are the first club in Major League Baseball to 80 wins, and they get there on the 19th of August. We're going to talk a little bit about the finale of this series, but before we do, I want to let you know this episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Sleeper. If you want the chance to win more money with less picks, you need to head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money with just two or more fantasy baseball picks. The Sleeper is now offering up to a 100-time payout for an eight-pick contest. So choose as many as eight players that you like. Pick the more or less on your favorite baseball stats, home runs, strikeouts, hits, whatever it may be, whatever is available. Go ahead and click on that, uh, whatever you would like to do. Use the promo code Locked On though. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So terms and conditions apply as always. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Check out the Braves on Sunday, meanwhile, as Max Fried is back on the mound. The lefty's 4-1. A starter had not been named as of the time of this recording. We'll see what the Giants decide to do here, but it's game three of this series on Sunday afternoon. I feel like Max Fried has been taking those steps, Jake. I know the Pittsburgh one might have felt like a step back. I didn't think he got hit that hard overall. He's looked very good since coming back off of the injured list. And again, as we've said several times now, you just cannot overstate how important it was to get Max Fried back at the front of this rotation. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, what a gift to get to give a, a Cy Young candidate come back at this time of the year as you get ready for the stretch run and gear up for the postseason. Yeah, that Pittsburgh start, there was just that inning. Things kind of went, didn't go his way, but he's been really good since coming back. So looking forward to see what he can do. Like I said, a Giants lineup that's really have been struggling coming in. So an opportunity for Max Free to continue to, to get right and, and get going. And like I said, really just need him to get ready and stay healthy for the postseason. Hopefully the Braves can get to 81 wins and go ahead and make sure and guarantee themselves, Grant, that maybe they won't have a losing record this year. Yeah, I have this feeling like they've got an opportunity to finish with at least a 500 record, a very good opportunity, and we'll just leave it at that. But speaking of 500 or better, Braves now 42-25 and 25 against clubs with 500 or better records this year. That's a 627 winning percentage. 
That's a ridiculous number. A lot of clubs, I mean, you go uh, pull that winning percentage off over a long clip. You could be leading your division. The Braves obviously are leading their division, and they're doing it by virtue of beating up on all teams, including the good ones. Again, as they're now 17 games over 500 against clubs with a 500 or better record, and they'll look to close out a sweep of a pretty good one and a contender out in the West. And in the wild card, I would say more to the point, is the San Francisco Giants, and they'll look to close it out behind Max Fried. Again, he's looking for win number five on the year as he toes the slab for the Braves at 1.35 p.m. first pitch at Truist Park as the Braves and Giants meet for the final time in this series, though they'll be seeing each other again next week out in San Francisco. That'll do it for this edition of the Braves Postcast, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, and make sure you click that bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Click the like button, leave us a comment. We appreciate those. Subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves with a 6-5 comeback win over the San Francisco Giants to secure the series win. They go for the sweep on Sunday behind Max Freed. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 